and welcome back to Two-Eyed Seeing. This week we're going to be talking about our cycles or what we often refer to in our Indigenous communities as our moon time. So you will hear me use those terms interchangeably. If this is not a topic that is of particular interest to you, perhaps you are of the male persuasion and not quite ready for this conversation, you may want to skip over this one. However, if you're the type of man or male gender, <laughs> like to try and be all inclusive, and you're ready to hear a little bit about this conversation and understand this conversation a bit better so that you can be better supportive of the women in your life, then I highly encourage you to keep listening. Hello, Sago, and welcome. You're listening to Two-Eyed Seeing, bridging the Western and Indigenous understanding of health, healing, and life. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Connors, naturopathic doctor and birth doula and knowledge seeker of Mohawk and European ancestry. Each week, I will be bringing you information about health and wellness from both perspectives so we can learn and grow together as we journey through life on this place we call Earth and Turtle Island. So obviously cycles and our hormones and our moon time these are all really, really big topics and there's so many different directions we could go with this topic. But one of the big things that I would really like to start off with, since we're still in the early days of the podcast and we will go in many of those different directions, is simply just opening up this conversation. I talk to so many of my patients, so many of the women that I have an opportunity to work with, that have minimal to almost no understanding about what their moon time is and what it means and why it is such an important indicator of our overall health as women. So I really wanna change that conversation so that we are having more open and honest conversations. Yes, of course, we're in a day and age where we're, we're much more open, we're much more understanding, we're, you know, it's not that taboo topic that it, used to be where we just didn't mention it at all. It was just hush, hush, shove it in the cupboard and, you know, yes, sweetie, you have your, your period and, and that's it. Um, and, you know, back in when we were in elementary school and high school, we maybe had, you know, the occasional sex ed educational class. I went to a Catholic, both, both actually, my elementary school and high school were both Catholic. So you can imagine what that looked like. I, I was actually retelling a story with my family recently about how I remembered in grade six when my grade six teacher was doing what we called, they called it life class, <laughs> was what they called it, cycle of life or something like that. Something more, more religiously appropriate was the conversation around that piece. So you can guess how, how the rest of those classes tended to go. Being in the Catholic setting was obviously the focus there is abstinence and, and encouraging abstinence always from Catholic perspective. But I just really remember her drawing this ginormous, like the length of the chalkboard diagram of the uterus and the ovaries and the reactions of my classmates as we came in from recess and saw this ginormous chalkboard filled uterus and ovaries, which, you know, most of us at that age had not seen an actual picture. Because remember, this is, you know, 
pre-Google and internet days when I was in grade six. We couldn't just pull out our phones and, and pull up a picture of something. We had to get our hands on a book. So that was really our first time seeing that and the reactions were so varied from giggling to pointing to just looks of dumbfound what is going on. And in some ways we really haven't moved past that. <laughs> like I said, I talked to so many of my patients that other than knowing that they have a period, they have ovaries, they have a uterus, like all these things are part of being a woman, a part of being a biological female woman, you know, it's, <laughs> that's sometimes all they really know. And yeah, I guess I have a moon time, I have a cycle, but that's kind of where so many women's understanding of what's going on within their own bodies tends to end. And so I hope that through this episode, and like I said, this is definitely a topic that we will revisit and go down various avenues in the future. But I just really wanted to get started about what is it that we're talking about when we're talking about our moon time and start to open up this conversation to those different potential pathways that we can travel down together. So obviously some of the basics that pretty well everybody knows, but just so we have somewhere to start, is a typical healthy cycle is going to be in and around that 28 day mark in terms of day one to day you know, end in terms of reset. So when the moon time or cycle actually begins, it can be a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, but generally if we're looking at a healthy woman, and this is, you know, where, where this frame, this, this framework comes from is we used to, and, and most of us still are, but there's a lot of variation on that now is we would be synced up with the cycles of the moon. And when we're working, when I'm working with women who either have a very irregular cycle or they don't have a cycle and we're trying to reestablish one for various reasons, you know, whether they had a long, long number of years on the pill or they were very, very, very underweight um, or were very athletic and, and very competitive in their athletics. So their body fat percentage was just so low that they couldn't really make um, enough enough um, enough to create a cycle um, every month because that's that's the other thing a lot of women don't realize either is we complain about being overweight but if we're not carrying enough weight then especially if we're talking about things around fertility um, you, you're not gonna have a cycle and that's part of the body's uh, mechanism for trying to preserve itself and and to protect itself so Again, like I said, these, there's so many different pathways we can go go down in terms of that conversation. But just to kind of stick with the, we'll call it the basics for today. <laughs> I will try to do that. I will go off on some tangents and, you know, hopefully I don't lose anyone in going off on my tangents. But um, it does all tie together. Just remember that if you're, you're like, where is she going with this? <laughs> So we will come, we will come back around or we will go into it in more depth on a future episode. But basically just understanding that that's kind of what we're looking at from a healthy quote unquote normal moon time is that kind of 28 to 35, 30, about 35 days in terms of length. If it's longer or shorter than that, then that's something we really want to look at. And then in terms of the moon time or the cycle itself, 
we do want to see a close to five, maybe even seven days where you are seeing some form of active bleeding, a nice healthy color. So generally speaking for a lot of women, and this is not written in stone, again, there's so much variability in terms of our cycles and our moon time and our experience of that. But generally speaking, we're going to see a little bit heavier on days one and two, going a little bit lighter as we head towards the end of that either five days or seven days, whatever it happens to be for you, and gradually getting lighter to the point of, of course, petering off and stopping. And we shouldn't see bleeding in between in the middle of the month. That's, again, another thing we can potentially look at as a marker of, of health. Um, sometimes what some women will get is mid-ovulatory pains. So that's actually the release of the egg or your ovulatory point in your cycle, right? Because what we're what's happening with the uterine lining and the egg is as we go through the cycle, the lining is getting thicker and thicker as we progress. And as we get to kind of that magical day 14, which again, even ovulation can be a little bit on either side of that. But generally speaking, what we tend to talk about in the textbooks is day 14 and in around there being when you ovulate. So the release of the egg into the fallopian tube and traveling down the fallopian tube towards uh, the uterus to, if we're talking about a healthy pregnancy, to meet with the sperm and be fertilized and then continue to travel until it reaches the uterus for implantation and, of course, propagation of a healthy pregnancy. In the case of a woman who isn't becoming pregnant, then what happens is the egg will, um, you know, wait for the appointed time, and then as it that time passes and the egg is not fertilized, it will simply disintegrate, as does the uterine lining, because the whole point of the uterine lining is to provide a place of anchoring and nourishment in terms of getting that life started. So that's why it seems like we're sloughing all these cells and tissue every month. Like, what the heck is all of this? Um, and then, of course, there's something to be said around clots and clotting and how much clotting is there and all those kinds of things that you see what wealth of information we can pull from your cycle. Whether we're talking about fertility or not doesn't really actually matter in terms of your overall health we can really understand a lot of what's going on in terms of your hormonal picture and other things in your body based on how you're experiencing or not experiencing your moon time every single month. And that's the thing I really want, especially the women who are listening to this, that's what I really want you to understand and hopefully your daughters, um, your sisters, the women in your life to understand and that's the other thing I really hope this does encourage is more conversation with our younger women who are just coming into their moon time about what it is, what's going on with their bodies, so that they can understand how to take back more control over their bodies, over their health, their own health autonomy. As I said previously, so many of the women that I talk to have minimal to almost no concept of what it means to have a cycle and what does a healthy cycle look like. 
And that's the thing I really hope to change by having this conversation with you. So there's lots of other things that we can get into, like I said before, but just to kind of cycle back around to kind of where I was at with talking about a quote unquote typical cycle. So we talked about how the egg is traveling and, and what's happening as far as that releasing and the uterine lining getting thicker and being sloughed off. But the other thing um, is the hormones that are constantly changing. And we hear all these kinds of conversations around, oh, she's going through her PMS or she's PMSing, these offhand comments about women being hormonal or moody or, you know, fill in the blank with any myriad of things you've probably heard as a woman or you've possibly even said yourself, oh, she's PMSing, like, you know, don't, don't go near Sandra or don't go near Sally because she's PMSing. So that's the other thing too, is like, these are all normal parts, not to say that extreme fluctuations in mood, whether that be sadness, anger, um, you know, these, again, this is, it's looking for what does that healthy picture look like? And it's not going to be identical between women. It's not going to be identical from one person to the next. But what we are aiming for is something where you feel good in your body and overall those hormones are balanced. And these are other things we can look to, to say, is there some imbalance here that needs to be looked at, that needs to be addressed, that needs to be brought back into balance so that you're not experiencing these wild mood shifts that are you know taking over your life and and hindering your ability to live your life and feel full and fulfilled and all those kinds of things that's why i mentioned that not to perpetuate this ridiculous um you know shaming slash like i don't even know what else to call it really just this this thing about women oh she's she's moody like you know tiptoe around her i think that's a bunch of ridiculousness that we need to have further conversations around in terms of letting that go and really saying, you know, what is something we can do to support you as a woman? Because for those of you who don't know about some of our, our traditions, both in indigenous communities here in Canada, and then um, one of the ones I really love too that really opened my eyes to this is the tradition of the red tent that's you know written well not written about in the bible as most of us know the bible but in in biblical times and and in certain parts of the world is still continued on today this tradition of the red tent where women were celebrated for this gift that we were given by creator to create life right that's what this was all about um was you know honoring women it was a tradition of honoring women and as a woman on her on her cycle on her moon time she was catered to she was cared for women would go to the red tents to be taken care of during that time by women who were not on their moon time on their cycles so there was this whole other wonderful approach that we had to our our moon time and recognizing the sacredness of it that our connection to from indigenous perspective to our connection to creator our connection to mother earth to grandmother moon these are all very rich in our traditions and in how we do things and we've 
lost touch with so much of that irregardless of whether you are or aren't indigenous you know there's you're still a woman <laughs> and so touching base with that primal part of yourself that connects you to the circle of life because you are the life giver you are the life bringer whether you choose to have children or not doesn't really matter it's the fact that you are more connected to creation than a biological male will ever be and recognizing the power behind that above and beyond you know we, we there's so much talk about the inconvenience of a cycle the inconvenience of a period and how that really um oh if i could just do away with it then you know i'd be so much happier and I'm not to say that because I'm definitely someone who, especially in my teen years, I would curl up in a ball and cry on my bed some months. The pain was so bad. And it got to the point where my mom did take me to the family doctor's office and I went on the pill because the pill is the answer to every hormonal problem out there. And that's how it's always dealt with. I'm not trying to say that the pill doesn't have its place and the pill isn't you know, a potential helping tool at times. But again, that's something I could go off on a whole nother thing on and probably will on a later date. Um, talk more about the impacts of the pill, especially long-term use of the pill and how that's affecting our cycles, our fertility, all of those things. So I did go on it for a few years, but the more I learned about it and the more I read about it, I was like, I don't think I wanna be on this. I don't think this is something I want in my body for too long. And so I went through the process of coming off of the pill um, after being on it for a few years. And really that I was already in university at that time, but it really made me very interested in further delving into my studies, which was health studies at that time, and really understanding what's going on in the woman's body, what's going on with our cycles, what's, what's this all about? And so that's really what, what sparked my interest and I just kept taking more and more classes on the female reproductive cycle and understanding our hormones and that was something I really delved into more and more deeply as I went on in my training and really trying to understand this because both I had my personal experience of what we call dysmenorrhea or really painful periods and also just, again, being a woman and wanting to understand this better so that I could help other women to figure out how to live in more comfort and, and more harmony with their, with their cycle, with their moon time. So that's really what I wanted to kind of start with today in terms of this conversation. I know I did technically go in a lot of very different, diff very varied directions in terms of you know talking about this topic but and like I said there's so many other directions we can go in terms of almost everything we discussed today but what I would really encourage you to do in whatever way that makes sense to you is start to have that conversation with the women in your life especially if you have young daughters who are either you know getting started with their cycle or not quite on their cycle yet so then we can start to break this pardon the pun cycle of you know I don't want to call it ignorance but that's kind of the word that comes to mind is ignorance in the sense of not understanding our bodies not knowing our ourselves at our deepest level 
and starting to really change the conversation about what it means to be a woman, what it means to have a period, to have a moon time, and to really be in balance with that and in health with that and in, in the physical sense of it, but also the mental, emotional, and spiritual senses of what that means to be a woman in today's day and age. So I will leave it at that for today. Like I said, please, as always, leave your comments, leave your questions. These are definitely topics I want to delve much, much deeper into and go into much more depth. But today I just kind of wanted to have that initial conversation and start to open up the door of what is this thing and so that we can have further conversations about you know what it all means and and what it means for us as as women to be women with with or without cycles but what that means for us in terms of our overall health so i hope you all have a really great day i'll see you next time mama b thank you nyawa for listening to Two-Eyed Seeing. Leave me a comment, and if you feel called to, please leave a review at iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. If you have questions about the episode or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me at www.sarahconnorsnd.com.